0: Welcome to another episode of Don't Shit on the Bus. I'm your host, Adam L. tuning in all the way from Los Angeles, California, for episode number 94 with my good friend, Nick Martin of Sleeping with Sirens. Thanks so much, Nick, for joining me today. I have known him for a long time, longer than I would say most of my other guests. Tanner Wayne, right up there with about the same amount of time, and they actually used to be in a band together, fun little fact, but Nick is now in Sleeping with Sirens And he is their guitarist and does backing vocals, screaming vocals. If you ever want to hear Nick scream, check out his old band called Underminded. But when I first moved to San Diego back when I was 20 or 19, I did a photography workshop. And Nick Barton's old band was nice enough to come and be the models for that workshop. So Nick, I just want to say thank you for helping me out all the way back then and continuing to help me out in current day in the form of joining me on the podcast. I learned a lot from you, man. And it was this episode was more of just a hang, more of a chat, a catch up. It's nice when I have people on here that I've known for a long time because we can kind of just shoot the shit. And I hope you as a listener enjoy the variety of the episode. I know sometimes we go full in and we got some warning to do. Sometimes you're just going to hang out and be the third person in the room. Also, if it looks smoky behind me and you're watching this video, you'd be right because I left Some of that Santal wood burning a little bit too long. And now my place looks like it's on fire. But with that being said, I would like to thank our new patron this week, Paige. Thanks so much for signing up. And thanks so much to the existing patrons for your weekly contributions to make this podcast possible for my continued learning and everybody else's as well as we go on this adventure to, you know, learn what we can about the music industry, more specifically the touring music industry but we're not we're not we're not going to discriminate we'll we'll talk we'll take anybody hey! how's it going nick what's up welcome
1: <laughs> good i do want to point out one thing real quick before we even get started i love that we literally live minutes away from each other but you didn't want to do this in person <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's not that I didn't want to do it in person, it's that I did want to do it on Zoom. But the reason being, I have not done it in person yet and I feel like COVID's made me too reclusive. Maybe I need to like push myself out of those boundaries. <laughs> I mean, we saw each other the other day from a block away and still didn't hang
1: out. That's true. That's very, very true. I get it though. I I get it with like COVID kind of like bringing that out in us that I mean, I'm already a very like reclusive introverted person. So I get it.
0: Yeah. I will admit that I am probably struggling maybe more than most to get back to normal and still trying to remind myself what normal is as far as the health routine goes in a social aspect to life.
1: Yeah. Well, it's changed a lot, right? I mean, like that, like what was normal is not normal anymore. So I think we're all trying to figure out that new normal, which is weird.
0: (laughs) Dude, it's so weird. And LA is really weird too, because I have like different rules for living in LA, L.A. than I have for living in other places as to like what I will spend my energy on because things exhaust me. And some days, I don't know, I just wake up and I'm like, you know, I'm just like, ah, oh, I can't do That's too much. That demands too much energy. I think I just have to like stay home.
1: I think we're on the same page with that because I'm the same way. And I've had to learn as I've gotten older of how to recharge my batteries, like my internal personal batteries, because being an introvert with i guess like extrovert tendencies so i'm in a band figuring out how to recharge and like having like being able to say i'm not going to do shit today or i don't i'm not feeling it this morning i'm not going to do that because i my body is saying like fuck you like don't like just take a break or don't do that it's okay
0: okay the thing i struggle with is like where do i draw the line to be to being like okay i'm listening to my body and i'm like okay you're being an idiot like get the fuck out of your seat and do the thing you don't get to have. Like, like, I mean, we have the luxury of being self-employed, so maybe we can push that line a little bit farther than most, but like, I don't know how to tell when I'm taking advantage of that too much.
1: Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. I think that's part of like the personal journey though, is figuring out like finding a, that balance where you're like, okay, <laughs> where you have to kind of kick your ass a little bit and just say, I need to do this, but I guess like not pushing yourself that hard. So if, you know, I think it's about finding a a balance of that where you're not pushing yourself so hard where you're like, I have to get outside of my box today and I'm going to go do this. Like, Even if it's something small, I think that that it's like the little baby steps as opposed to like, I haven't gone to the gym in a week. So today I'm going to go for an hour and a half and go as hard as possible. As opposed to just like, I'm going to go on a walk for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I think there's just that balance of don't push yourself too hard, but also don't, you know, become so reclusive or in your own head that you start tripping yourself out a bit. you know? Yeah.
0: You get, yeah. It's like, all right, we both know that sleeping for 24 hours is too, too reclusive. And we both know that staying out for 24 hours is way too much. Where, where do we find the middle ground? You know, it's not yeah. just as easy as sleeping for 12 and staying awake for 12. It's somewhere else. And I, yeah. I wish it was more clear.
1: <laughs> somebody tell wish, me, somebody yeah, help me be was, an adult. Yeah, I wish there was just like a manual for this. Like, what am I supposed to do? It's just different for everybody though. And that's, that's what it is.
0: Maybe we should go back to like 1990 before the internet really existed. And then all we would know is like the one book that our dad gave to us or something. And it said, this is the way. And I'd be like, okay, this is the way. And for as far yeah. as we'd be concerned, that was instead right now we have like, 40,000 different people being like, this is what works for me. It's the best way.
1: Also, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I think about that all the time, actually, of how it used to be without sounding like an old person, like, this is how it used to be back in my day. Yeah, but I think that like it was simpler. And I think that, like, once, like, the advent of um, social media and all of that, I think that just, like, changed everything for, for all of us.
0: Yeah. It's a little crazy. You know what else is crazy? Caffeine. You know what is wild? I drank a coffee today. I was like, I'm ready to podcast with Nick. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, Adam, you can't make any promises to anybody right now. You're too caffeinated. And that's like a (laughs) rule I have to have. Do you ever feel that way where you like get really caffeinated? You hit up like four people and you're like, let's hang out and also create. I mean, I don't know. You have a coffee company, so I'm sure it like is a little bit different for you. But man, it gets me gets me going sometimes.
1: Yeah, we've talked about this before. You get super jacked on caffeine, whereas for me, my my tolerance for caffeine is so high that I don't get that way. It takes an extreme amount of coffee for me to feel that like almost like the shakes and like I need to like I need to hit up 20 people right now. Like How many coffees do you have a day? Um when I'm home, I stick to two. So okay. two cold brews a day. Is that like
0: Four shots, kind of, if I would think of it as,
1: like, an espresso yeah. measurement? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. Um, but on tour, it can get a bit more excessive. You know, it can yeah. get to, like, three or four coffees a day. You
0: need a coffee after I wake up, before soundcheck, after soundcheck, before the show, and during dinner. It's going to be great. Yes, that's <laughs> honestly it. Yeah, and I'm that dude that I
1: can, I'm that guy that I can do a double shot of espresso and go to sleep. So, I could yeah. have it at the end of the night and just crash out.
0: I think you're broken. <laughs>
1: you're I think, <laughs> honestly, not, you're right. not in an emotional way, broken, just in right. a caffeine
0: intake. I think you broke it.
1: Yeah. I definitely tested that through COVID because that's when I started my coffee company, Charlie Royal. Yeah. Is yeah. I was getting hashtag sponsored. Yes.
0: Hashtag sponsored. Oh. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I was getting shipments of coffee from all these different roasters to do D for months. So, oh. I was literally drinking different varieties of coffees every single day
0: were you making noisy slurps
1: <laughs> uh, when i cup yeah, yeah i make some it's called cupping but okay. yeah definitely making some
0: noise sorry to slurps. interrupt you i had to ask keep going <laughs> no,
1: but that was it i think that that you know i mean my caffeine tolerance was already pretty insane before that so it was just an, having a coffee company is just another excuse for me to just Drink more coffee.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, thank God it's like a socially acceptable. I mean, I hate even calling it dr- a drug because it is, but like, thank God it's yeah. a socially acceptable one. But I mean, you see the same thing with like somebody who owns a weed company, they're like perma stoned. They're just, yeah. a, and, <laughs> or they just can't get stoned. You know, they're like, yeah, I own a weed company. And you're like, I can tell because yeah. you have a lot of
1: money and you're super relaxed. <laughs> and you can tell. It's very true. But I, I don't feel like I have that high intensity yeah. caffeine. Type caffeinated person that you would think owns a coffee company. You know, I think I'm I'm still pretty pretty low key.
0: Yeah, I think you're chill. I mean, I've known you for a while. I've known you pre and post coffee company, and I think you've been consistently chill. So
1: you're good. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: All right. I know we have like tons of band stuff to talk about and music stuff, but I really okay. Can we just talk about cupping first? (laughs) Is that okay? Like this podcast has no rules, and I know this is like your thing. But for people who don't know, when you it's called cupping. You said when you taste coffee.
1: Yeah. Can yep. you?
0: Exp- I've seen it happen, and I want to tell you why it was crazy to me. I'm sure I've told you the story, but can you explain to me what what it is and like how it works and what's the point?
1: It's like a very specific way to taste coffee to to taste different varieties and test your palate essentially. But I'm definitely that person. I am the anti coffee stomp. I did cupping, but for the most part, like when I was starting um Charlie Royal, I just wanted to drink it and th- that was my taste testing. was just drink the damn thing. Like you don't have to like when you when you do cupping, what it is is that you open all the aromas. So you open up your your sense of smell but also your sense of taste at the same time. Okay. And then you're able to essentially taste like different notes. So that's when you taste like, you know, things are floral or things are nutty or things Fruity. are chocolatey tasting. Pretty. Oh yeah. So uh, My palate is definitely, I I would say, pretty vast, you know, just over the years of trying coffee all over the world and then, you know, cupping my own and doing all that. So, But I'm also that guy that, like, I don't like to get too snobby with it and be like, well, this has notes of this and this has notes of that. Not like a small EA or something? No, no. But yeah, cupping can be pretty, like... It's kind of douchey. <laughs> I don't want to be, I have like
0: I have what's called misphonia. I don't even know how misophonia. I don't even know how to say it. I just learned about it in my adult life, but I've had it my whole life. Where like I really can't handle people chewing with their mouth open or making like it like it triggers this fight or flight response where it's like like I'm enraged. Like I know what it feels like to be crazy because of that. And one time I was at, you know, Coffee and Tea Collective in San Diego. Like, place is great. Yep. But they were cupping yes. during business hours while I was in there, like, trying to work. And it drove you crazy? I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is insane. And they're, like, in a, going down, like, one at a time, down a line of, like, five different things, just one after Word. another, making that noise, and I immediately left.
1: Were they spitting the coffee after tasting it?
0: I did not pay that much attention. I Even was, worse. I was, bucket. like,
1: feeling it. I was just, like, enraged. I was just seeing red. <laughs> What's interesting is I just saw an article pop up about that. This how do we pronounce it? Misoprenia? Misophonia. Misophonia. Like yeah, misophonia. And my wife for sure has that. It's like if someone's chewing loudly or with uh, like smacking their mouth while they chew or drink something, it it triggers her. And what's funny is that I won't name names, but years ago we were at a label meeting, or I'm not going to say what label. And
0: well, you were doing music things.
1: There was someone very up in the the staffing of this label, and we had had a meeting, and we were in a room full of people all having catering, like having lunch together. Oh, do they have chips? Um, they didn't have chips. I think we had God. sandwiches, and he was chewing so loudly that none of us could pay attention to the meeting. And I remember Justin, the bass player from our band, yeah, was. He was looking at me thinking that we were getting punked because it was so loud. It was like too much. Yeah, it was. It was so over the top that I thought for sure we were getting fucked with. But no, like this person just chews that loudly. It, it, It was jarring. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. And for people who haven't heard of it, it's like it's not like it annoys you. It's literally no. like, I can't explain it. Like I've gotten out of Ubers before. I've quit playing like casual games of board games. I've stopped being in dressing rooms <laughs> with people. Like it is like, <laughs> I wrote it. I wrote about it in like, in the book proposal I did because a band that I used to work with uh, would chew really loudly with chips, a few members. And I would know that whenever we had chips in the dressing room, as soon as the bag opened, I was like, headphones are in, earplugs are in, or I'm out of the room. And then there was a <laughs> while where, um they were on like a health kick and they didn't want chips on their rider and i and i would go in the dressing rooms beforehand and i would just trash them i would just throw them all away because <laughs> i was like this is great
1: was, or just like, chop all of them like, like they just, yeah, they just they're turn already bite-sized it's yeah. just
0: i can't believe that happened to you at a meeting i would have been like not for us we're out like you're in your adult life and you still yeah. feel like this It's <laughs> not happening
1: it was almost a deal breaker man it was pretty gnarly it was pretty pretty gnarly
0: that's crazy well i'd like to hang out with your wife just because i'm sure she doesn't hang out with people who are like that either and she doesn't do
1: it herself she doesn't she she cut she cuts them out real quick yeah good call man
0: yeah it's it's wild i do have my earplugs with me in movie theaters for it too which really helps okay really yeah i have like the because popcorn noises like i can hear in the movie theater And I have like the earplugs that are molded. And if I put them in, I can still hear the audio pretty well, but it cuts out all popcorn. However, the full service theaters with nachos, I'm out. Like, just I'm out. Like, I don't know why that's a thing. Dude, nachos at
1: a movie? Are you kidding me? What is going on? I love nachos at a movie, man.
0: Yeah, that's very selfish I love it. I I love it. (laughs) I mean, they are good. We should go to
1: the movies and see what happens, dude.
0: I would leave. I've left theaters. I'm not exaggerating. Like, it's like I've left theaters with my girlfriend. I'm like, we got to get a refund and leave.
1: Uh,
0: hard segue. Complete cl- complete collapse came out yesterday. This is not, we're not very Addy, addy on this podcast, but I got to ask you, are you screaming
1: on this track the whole way through? Um, On this one, I do have some screaming in it. Yeah, I do. Okay.
0: Because I don't know if like that, like you used to be in a band where you just, you just screamed, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. The first band I was ever in. Like that's all I did was just scream and cuss my ass off for, for many years.
0: Yeah. Und- Shout out undermined. And then I didn't know you were screamer until like I did warp tour with you and you would go on stage with Chiodos and just like make me want to fight people. It was so <laughs> sick and I'm so happy you're still screaming. Do you miss it?
1: I, yeah, I do. That's why, I mean, every set that we, play i'm screaming my ass off actually that's why my voice is kind of hoarse. is because we played blue ridge last week and getting back into the swing of things it takes me longer now for my throat to kind of heal up a bit and i think just because of covid and not being on tour that's kind of i got to get back into the swing of things with my voice but yeah i love screaming
0: yeah i like it too i like that i'm just picturing you guys like in writing sessions and like everybody's talking and the songs you're like, you know, this would be a really good place for a scream, And just like, just getting them, just getting them in there. Cause I like it so much.
1: You know who, you know, who really pushes it is Kellen. So when we're in the studio. He's like, Nick, you got to scream over this part. Nick, can you, can, I just wrote this lyric, but can you scream it? Like he, That's he cool. loves me like screaming over like his lyrics and his vocals. So he's always just like pushing me like, yo, get in the, get in the booth and just scream something.
0: It does sound good. You're like a backing vocalist for screaming sometimes. Yeah. Now that you say that, like that's what it's like in complete complete collapse. They're not necessarily like screaming parts, but you're screaming over Kellen's singing part or something like that.
1: Yeah, because Kellen already has a like a a great scream. Mm -hmm. Like he, I mean, he has an incredible voice, but his scream is top notch. But when him and I kind of layer that together, or I scream over his singing parts, it definitely adds like a nice. A nice touch but I do have a lot of screaming on this record I think the the first song on our record that's called tyrant it's not out yet it's Kellen and I going back and forth on the verses so it's like the most screaming I've been on a song since I was an Underminded. that's sick it's a it's a heavy crazy track yeah people will be stoked on it
0: you're creeping your way towards front man but you
1: don't have yeah I like... just <laughs> I don't want to be a front man ever again yeah that's a lot of
0: weight Okay, when Zoom came out during the pandemic and everybody's like, oh, we can do video chats. Well, Skype's been around for like 10 years. Like, I didn't think this was a new thing, but it is yeah. like to the level we're using it at now. I'm like, oh, this is a lot.
1: Yeah, I get it now. I totally get it.
0: Okay, how have you been in Sleeping
1: With Sirens for eight years? It is, wow. I'm always that guy that's like, I've been in the band for like five years, six years. Dude, I still think <laughs> of you as the <laughs> new member. Ever.
0: And that's like wrong, very <laughs> yeah. wrong of me. But I'm just like, oh yeah,
1: Nick, you just joined you Sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that people. There are some people that view that, but I've been in this band longer than most of the previous members.
0: So, yeah, like the band members who are in, like, like the person you replaced had been in it less than you have now.
1: Yes, that's exactly it. It's weird because I still, my brain still doesn't compute that. Like, I still feel like I am the new guy which is weird. I don't know why.
0: Well, and like with age too, like the years you have obviously at a younger age are longer than the ones you have in an older age. So when I was going back and looking at videos, getting ready for this, I was like, these songs came out 12 years ago. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's kind of wild. It's hard for me still to wrap my head around how fast, like when you're in this industry, time moves so quickly. And to think that I've been doing this for on and off for over 20 years, like, Makes me like I'm like what like where did 20 years go? You know it's, it's it's difficult to wrap my head around sometimes.
0: Yeah, why do you think it makes time go fast? Or what do you mean by that for people who are who aren't in the music industry, or even if they are, maybe aren't in a band?
1: I don't know. I think like I guess specifically with sirens, we've just been uh, where we've constantly just been on tour forever since I've been in yeah. the band. So for eight years up until COVID. We had been touring nonstop and there's just something about being on the road all of the time that your sense of time is so different. You know, you don't it, in what I call like the quote unquote, like real world, you know, we're so used to this nine to five Monday through Friday kind of, uh, like work block. Yeah. Whereas in the touring world, every day is Saturday. That's why I would yeah. say every day is the weekend you're not thinking of about can't wait until it's Friday and I've got the weekend. Like every single day is, is something. So you never have this concept of time. All of that is, is lost. Like when people um, ask me like, remember the last time you were in Des Moines, Iowa in this year at this venue. And, and honestly, I I don't because it all, (laughs) it, it all just blends together. And when you've been doing it for as long as I have, that blends even more so together. Yeah. And like when I was in my previous band Drugs and now that, that band was only together for, you know, a year, year and a half, something like that. Yeah. That was all a blur to me too. Like, like I, I have, and partially probably because of like the partying and all that, but yeah, it's the coffee. Yeah. It's the coffee. <laughs> um, and looking back on Underminded and those years, like it, it's all just like one big, like mushy, <laughs> like multiverse for me. It's very, yeah. very weird. I wonder if
0: that feeling exists for people who do lead like, I would say like a more normal life or a more like, you know, like just, yeah, normal, I guess it's the right term, but I'm not meaning that in like a negative way. Yeah. But uh, a more normal life. I wonder if it blends all together. I got to hit up some old people and ask them, you know, like some people who are like 70 or 60, be like, yo, can you like, I don't know, how do you compartmentalize your life? Like, do you think of it in chunks? Kind kind of, yeah. Are you like pre-music, undermined, drugs, joining sleeping, you know what I mean? Like, is there like, What's your, what's your chunks?
1: Yeah, I can. That's honestly probably like the best way to view, like how I compartmentalize those chunks is like what band I was in Yeah, is like this era in my life. And it's because those are such big parts of me and like a lot of the milestones that I've accomplished in my life has been through music. So that's how I kind of compartmentalize all of those different parts of my life, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I was trying to think of my compartments as we were talking too yeah how do you how do you do it? Child sentient, unawarely immature, awarely immature, and I think I'm now like 20 uh pre <laughs> long hair, bald thinking I'm farther ahead in my career than I am, 30 and then now, just being like, oh, life
1: honestly, I think we all go I think we all go through that though a lot of those a lot of those states that stuff you just um explain like i I get
0: you're not at bald yet though. You're not there yet.
1: No, but the the hairline's receding. Uh, it, <laughs> I'm I'm definitely getting I'm going to be 40 in December. So, wow. I'm getting up
0: there, dude. Are you and Vic the same grade?
1: Yeah, so Vic is I'm I'm 2 months older than Vic.
0: Yeah. He turns 40 yeah. next year. That's weird.
1: It is weird. It's weird that him and I started our bands together in high school in his room, in Mike's room in their house. That's
0: crazy. You both started each of your bands. What Vic was called? Wait, let me get it. Vic was called I don't know. What was Vic's old band called?
1: Um, well, he was in uh early times, which I guess like okay. the first like inception of what is now just like Curse the Veil. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, and then my first band was Underminded. Damn, you just started on Underminded? Yeah. I was in like a Yeah, that was that was my first band. Mike was the drummer, the first drummer of of Underminded. So, we would practice we would always practice first. I feel like in his room for like an hour, hour and a half. And then after us, Vic, um, and his band would come in and they would rip their set. Like Mike was just a beast and would just, just, I mean, we were young, so he could just play for hours and hours and hours. But yeah, that's we started our bands together. That's pretty cool. San Diego, man.
0: I feel yeah. like I, I didn't exist, obviously in your early days, cause you guys are a little bit older than me and I moved to San Diego when I was, I moved to San Diego when I was 20 and Vic's seven years older than me. And I used to know his birthday because I used to use his ID, but yeah. I don't know him anymore. Did you really? That's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, I've taught yeah, they paid me for a photo shoot with Vic's ID when I first moved to San Diego. <laughs> that like, is here's so two hundred dollars awesome. in a real fake, and then Vic had to go to the DMV, which that is worth a good amount of money to go it to the DMV. It is.
1: Well, I never knew that story. That's a really good story.
0: Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I do like that. I worked to where people thought I was Vic. So I was like, you know, there was like me, Vic, and like this dude from another band who all kind of looked vaguely similar.
1: You guys were all like brothers.
0: Yeah, it was really weird. And people come. Yeah, anyway, sorry to talk about myself on the podcast, but that was. No, like, you, you should. Know. I don't.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's weird on podcast because I don't want to just talk about myself. I'm also interested in knowing more about <laughs> others too. So I want to know more about you too, dude, even though Can you imagine brother.
0: being a podcast host, but being like so oblivious that like you invite people on, but then they don't get to talk? Like you're like, yo, Nick's here today to listen to my stories. <laughs> <Can> you, <laughs> well, like, like the full send.
1: Yeah. See, it's interesting because I listened to a podcast called Smartless.
0: Oh yeah. I know, that's, I know that, that podcast is like, what a powerhouse.
1: It's insane. But they're all such strong personalities, all three hosts, yeah. that sometimes they've been called out on social media before of like not letting the guests like talk more because four they people. just, it's yeah. So they do four people total. Oh my God. Yeah. And they all, sh- I mean, it's interesting because they shared their stories, you know, outside of, you know, who it is that they're interviewing or talking to, but yeah. people have had issues in the past where like guests don't really talk that much because they just like go into their own world. But that's
0: crazy Four people is a lot. I mean, the max, if even if the guest is talking, you know, 25% of the time, that's 15 minutes.
1: Yeah. That's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of people, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Dude. That is a
0: lot. I don't know how they do that. Are they in real life for those though? Um, they do Zoom as well. Okay. That is, that would be very hard. It's hard to read signals on Zoom a little bit more, especially when there's like, I don't know if they use like hand raising and they're like, I'm next.
1: Maybe they do. It's weird that they do Zoom, but they don't post any of their videos. So it's just all recorded, but they don't release any of the video. I don't know why that is.
0: Maybe they're going to charge a premium in like three years for it. Maybe that's true. Man, I okay, yeah. So you're 40 now, which is crazy because I don't know about you, but I, I, sorry to start with that. But it's like when I was 30, or even when I was 20, every time I think of like the next 10 years, I'm like, oh, that's older. But uh, do you still feel like not old? Not
1: at all. <clears throat> I think that maybe it's cliche. I think a lot of maybe a lot of pe- older people say this, but like they've never felt younger. I yeah. honestly really do genuinely feel that. And I think it's because. Like six years ago, I got on a health kick and started, you know, taking care of myself, lost 40 pounds. Respect. Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. And in that, you know, I think I look back on my 20s now and I can honestly say that I wouldn't want to go back to that, you know, and I'm definitely healthier now than I ever was in my 20s. So I've looked forward to getting older now. I think when I was in my 20s, there was that dreaded like, oh my God, I'm turning 30. And then uh, when I turned 30, I was like, this isn't bad. And then by, you know, like mid thirties and I was getting healthy, it was like, I'm, I feel good about it. You know, I don't mind getting older. It doesn't like okay. scare me or bother me. I think for, but you know, everyone is different. And I think that aging can be a terrifying thing for some people, whereas I just embrace it. You know, like I can't, I can't stop aging, but I know that I can help me take care of my body more my mental health more and that gives me some sort of longevity and that like makes me that puts me in a good place that like makes me happy.
0: No that makes sense I really wish you would have said during that I can stop aging and I would have been like thank you finally. (laughs) He said, I can't. And I was like, I'm going to
1: tell you that you can't <laughs> stop it.
0: <laughs> buy my book. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, no, that's great. I'm glad you found that. And something that, I mean, because you've been in the industry for, I mean, it's, it's long relative to your life. It's not long relative. to Some people, it's very long relative to others. But for you, it's more than half your life, which is a long time. Has your outlook on being in a band and maybe the metric you lose to measure success within a band changed over time? And if so, like
1: how? Um, it's definitely changed. I think it's ever evolving even still. Yeah. But I think that now my metrics for success are very simplified as far as it's not about... I think that there was a time in my life where it was about record sales and it was okay. about streaming numbers. And I don't care about that stuff anymore. we now like my metric for success is just being happy doing what I do. And this, that kind of goes back full circle to like when I first started playing music, like when I first started a band. And I think through a lot of self-introspection and therapy, I've gone back to that of like keeping it really simple as far as what gratifies me and makes me feel successful. And that is just waking up happy doing what I do every single day. And like, and and just having that simple joy of being on stage with my best friends and just playing music and screaming into a mic that is successful to me and it's not about don't get me wrong like selling out shows and like people just you know like just giving a shit about what we do like means the it is awesome it's really yeah. cool but at the end of the day you know i just i keep it really keep it really simple and it's just just have fun doing what I'm doing. If there's ever a day that I'm not feeling that anymore, I'm not getting butterflies before we go on stage every night. then like, I would question like why I'm doing it, but I'm fortunate that I'm coming up on 40. I know, it'll be <laughs> rough, but, but coming up on 40 and, and doing this for 20 years and I still get butterflies before every single show. That's like a great feeling. It means I feel like that, that tells me that I'm doing what I love and what I'm passionate about. And I'm very fortunate to find that because I think a lot of people go through their lives, not finding that.
0: Agreed. I think it's more, I think people are doing a better job of finding it these days. And I don't know about you, but like when I would tour with bands, even like I would say sleeping with sirens in, let's say like 2010 or 12 or, you know, pierce the veil, like the days when the bands were kind of like, you know, every show is bigger than the last kind of vibe. And it wasn't like a consistent thing. Oftentimes the like consensus was like, You look at these other bands that were kind of doing it for a living that weren't really getting any bigger, but they were playing like the same shy shows and people would be like, what are they doing? There's such a waste of time kind of, I always think of Rise Against, but then you get to like be our age and you're like, oh, they just have families and they're killing it. And they're like the same size every year, but it's consistent. And they've like turned this into a lifelong career rather than being like a blip, you know, a two year blip, which is kind of the goal.
1: And I think that, I think you're absolutely right. I think finding that consistency and like what that is, is super important as we get older. I, again, that's why I don't put that metric of of success on like, are we playing bigger venues? Are we selling more records? Because where we're, where we've been at is pretty consistent and it's great. It's comfortable. Like none of us are like upset about that, you know? And if things like took off more awesome, but if they don't like, that's okay too. And like, we've, you know, like you said, like we have families, and there's things outside of music that also fulfills us. So, like, we're we're fucking lucky. We're super, super lucky yeah. and super grateful.
0: No, that makes sense. I was um, I lost my train of thought. Give me one second, because I did have a question I wanted to segue this into. You're good. I have notes. I awesome. have notes.
1: Smart, smart man. Smart man.
0: Today's the first time where I wrote notes that were like. Usually, it's very, very listed, and I was like, I'm just gonna jot like stream of thought, like write it down because it's Nick, and I wanted to flow like that then after we talk about something, I just bold it. So everything's (laughs) bold. And I'm like, oh, this is just the thing. Oh, I know I was going to ask. I was going to say, okay, you're 40 now. And I keep going back to age here, but it's a very interesting thing to me because, well, it's a new tip. You've never been 40 before. I was wondering, is there an age where you're like, all right, I can't be in a band anymore. Like, does that happen? Like, is there an act? Do you have that in your back of your mind? Like where that is, or is it going to be a feeling?
1: I think that when I was in my twenties, I was probably telling myself that anything past 30 is probably not probable yeah so I could say right now uh, I can just do this for a couple more years and then in a couple more years I'm like well I've come this far I could keep going I think that like I can't throw a number on that and I think that's super important that I don't because yeah. I think that that falls into maybe this is, is too much deep thought on it but I feel like that falls into these like societal norms that we're like raised on of you have to have you need to go to college and you have to Um, have this job and get married by this age and have this many kids by this age. And if you don't do that, then, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. And I think that just not having those boundaries or saying like, I, if, if I'm still doing this by 45, then I'm, I'm just gonna, I I should just call it because you, you just mentioned bands like rise against and, and other bands of that caliber that are definitely older. Offspring. Rise Against. Offering, yeah. Korn. And they're still doing it. And yeah, and they're having a blast doing it. Like we, we toured with Rise Against um, a few years back and they have so much fun still. Like, and they were like the nicest dudes and that's just nice. have so, like, that's honestly, that's inspiring to like still be able to be doing it and still enjoying it. So putting an age on, like, I'm not going to do it past that age is, I feel like that would be a disservice to myself.
0: No, that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think it might, is it hard for you? I know you entered this band kind of, let's call it, I don't know what to call the time, but I feel like a lot of bands have this point in their career where they go from like medium size to massive and then they kind of level out, right? It's really hard to like ride that wave that you get unintentionally and make it happen intentionally afterwards. Is that like a hard, and again, I know this is unique for you because you kind of entered the band on the tail end of that, I would say. Is that kind of a hard thing to, work with mentally or internally? Or is that not even a thought like, Hey, we were, you know, bigger than we were before, bigger than we are now before. Does that matter?
1: It's not really a thought, but I can honestly say that that was something that I had thought about when I first started playing with the band, because not to say there was a big backlash when I first started playing with the band, but you know, that was when feel had come out and Actually, at the time, Kellen needed a long break to be with family. So okay. it's not that the band went downhill, but you know, things like bot, like things kind of like leveled out a yeah, bit. Leveled out.
0: I think that's a good way of thinking of it.
1: Yeah, and maybe there was a part of me that felt like I was like part of the reasoning for that.
0: Oh, like you were to blame?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that I put some of that on my shoulders, but as the band has progressed and we've gone through more. Um, like ups and downs as a band and like put out a record that uh, almost like made us not want to keep doing what we were doing and then like coming back from that what record was that like, that was gossip gossip okay yeah i think it's not even just that it was the record itself it was just like where we were all at at that time we were just like yeah. what are we what are we doing and having to kind of regroup and refocus yeah yeah understood um, i th- i think that I think it's an afterthought now as far as like those ups and downs and if the band could or would be as big maybe as they were at one point. Like, I don't even know how to, I like, guess this goes back to the metric of success. Like, I don't even know how you measure that because it's more than just like how big are the venues you're playing or how many records you're selling. I don't know. I feel like it just goes it's
0: like a collective feeling yeah. Yeah, and and I felt kind of rude asking the question to begin with because I was like, I I don't know, but I'm always interested in that because I've dealt with similar things in my career and I know people deal with it in their life. And it's, uh, you know, especially in the entertainment industry, I will say where like, you know, it comes in waves. It really does. And uh, it's crazy. It's cool to see other people go through it. And I wanted to just know how they handle it because even if it's not a metric, I, you have to have thought about it people have to like yeah think it has to like cross your mind i think
1: and i think that that drives artists and bands crazy like when yeah. you when they they become so hyper focused on maybe a year ago they played at this venue and sold it out and then they played again they're next at year Rocks, and and now only, they're at the ogden yeah exactly it and then just yeah. and then it i guess as artists it's hard it can be hard to internalize that and be like well damn like maybe like maybe people don't care anymore, or whatever it is. Like it's just, and because it is our art, and it is, it's something that means so much to us. So I see where it can be difficult to not take that personally, or yeah. that you feel like you're failing, or you're not like as good as you used to be, or something. I I, I don't know. We we've had a battle with that stuff previously, but I think that we're all collectively at a place of we're just we're having fun doing yeah, this, yeah. and there's no. There's no pressure of this, like, we sold this place out, um, I hope that we can sell it out again type mentality, because I feel like that just steers you in the wrong direction mentally. It can really just take your mind off of just loving what you do. That
0: makes sense. It's cool to know that you guys talk about it internally. I feel like that's another thing that, you know, not only do bands level out, but they also kind of get on the same page. A lot of the times when bands start, they get big, it's like just a happy accident right they didn't like do these things intentionally that now they're big it's not repeatable so now they're like all right we got to reel it all in and all be on the same page and i feel like maybe after 2017 to now the past five years combined with covid so three years plus covid that's kind of what you guys have been doing and i know it involved i don't know if it involved a label change but involved new management new team you know a new outlook uh new members and like once you kind of like checked all those boxes are you guys like all right let's go Like, we're ready to go. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. We feel, we feel fucking great now. And that's like not bullshit. That's not me like putting on a front. It's not an accident either. It's like everything is, everything is so good now. Yeah. But honestly, we are at, we, (laughs) we're at a really, really like positive place. I think a lot of that, like you said, is that we do talk about real shit. And like, I think more importantly, we just, we communicate. I think for a long time, and this is like any relationship throughout your life. Like if you're not communicating and that line isn't there that you you don't feel comfortable communicating or no one wants to address like elephants in the room that causes a lot of inner turmoil, the personal stress and everything that goes along with that. I think that we've done a great job over the years of really working on that and like communicating with each other and being open and being vulnerable that has helped our band immensely and like with being on the same page. And as you get older, like it's so, so, so important. If you don't have that, um, in a relationship or with each other, it's, it can be really, really difficult. And I know that from previous band experiences of not being able to communicate or feeling comfortable doing that and always having this, like walking on eggshells thing with, with people you're surrounded by every single day. It's the worst feeling in the world. That makes sense. And are you guys like, is Maddie in the band? Maddie is in the band. Yeah. Okay.
0: So everybody that I see in the photographs is like one fifth of sleeping now. Is that how it is? is Yes. Okay.
1: Well, there's four of us. And now we have Tony Pizzuti playing guitar with us. Wait, who's Tony? He was in the Word Alive.
0: Oh, I know Tony. Okay. So, okay. Then I maybe didn't realize that. Okay. So four plus Tony. Uh, On the back end, like I know that you and Kellen do a lot of the interviews. I know that you guys are maybe the more like social people as far as press goes, but are you guys all very much one fourth of sleeping or are there kind of people who are more the business people and the people who are just doing their instrument and their writing or, or what's the, what's the dynamic like within the band?
1: Yeah, I think it's, that. I think that everyone has their roles, but I do think now that even with Maddie, he's really good with, in social situations and doing interviews. So it's I love that nice guy. to have that. And Justin is like the funniest person in the world. So he's, he's out of his great. mind he's great in interviews too. Yeah.
0: Sorry. That was a good thing, guys. Just to clarify. I know I jumped in and just said a thing, but keep going. No,
1: no, it's a great thing. But yeah, I think that we all have our roles. Like some of us are more involved with the back end business side of things. Some of us are more involved with like the merchandising side of things. There's some people that are more involved in like effective marketing techniques. And so everyone has like their roles, which is great because there's never too many cooks in the kitchen. Okay. There's just enough cooks that everyone is happy and people don't feel like they're not useful or un- unwanted. Like Everyone has a vital role in the band, which, okay. definitely, which definitely creates an amazing dynamic for us. Group teamwork. 100%.
0: Okay, then I'm not going crazy because I just looked on your Instagram. Did, did Jack just recently leave the band?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, he recently left he's been doing stuff with jelly roll now for a couple of years he's doing a lot of stuff with him during covid
0: so he's like a live guitarist for jelly roll because jelly roll is like a solo artist right
1: yeah yeah okay. he's got a full live band so jack's um over with them now and yeah and we've got tony now who's been incredible to have and he's added an amazing uh dynamic to the man he's such a good dude like the most positive dude ever who's always just so grateful and thankful and just cares so much about his instrument and what he does and he's just brought on a really really great vibe to the band like everyone everyone loves him
0: hell yeah one thing that i feel very confident with is i'm never trying to like get somebody canceled on my podcast no like, of course in so. trouble i know I,
1: I know that here's a good segue of like getting started and where things go and you have no clue of the relationships that you yeah, yeah. made in this industry
0: yeah because you toured with tony world alive and now yeah. he's in your band and that's what yeah. happened with maddie he was in tonight alive well both the live bands and yeah. you, you know <laughs> and i mean you were in another band and now you're in sleeping so i mean you meet people in the craziest ways and end up working with them
1: yeah exactly it and that was with even even in my first band exchanging shows like trading shows with Ben Sevenfold when they were first started playing shows in orange county in anaheim And then we would trade shows. So we got them their first show at Soma and we played together. And then we'd play at the chain reaction with them and other venues like that when we were both on the come up. And it's crazy now. And I haven't seen those dudes in so long, but it's crazy to think of (laughs) over the last 20 years of the people that you meet and come across and where they've gone and just the importance of those relationships. Like there's people that I met at the time with the bench that, have helped me at various times throughout my career uh, yeah. with shows and like getting work and getting jobs. So I can honestly say that it pays to just be a nice person, you know, and the people they meet along the way, they don't forget people that just genuinely care about what they do and love what they do. And it goes a long way. It, yeah. it was, it, it's cool that
0: that's why we're here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is.
0: Oh my God. He's drinking coffee guys. It's happening. Oh, man. Yeah, it is cool how long you get to like be friends with people and how you can just like pick up where you left off. Uh, if you want, you know, I'll just totally do the wrong social thing and I'll give you Avenge Sevenfolds practice space address and you can just show up. And I'm sure they would love that. And they would be like, oh, great. How are you? Why are you here?
1: Well, actually, I, I talked to Matt on Twitter somewhat recently because he's into the whole NFT thing and I, I'm like super intrigued by it all too. Oh yeah, And then uh, um, I think Kellen has actually played golf with him a couple of times. So there's like, there's some like interesting Avenged crossover. That's pretty funny.
0: Yeah. It's so, it's so cool. What bands know each other and what bands hang out. Like I'm always like, oh, it's not related to your music. You just work in the same industry and that's cool. Like, it's cool that everybody's just like, oh, we can hang. We can do
1: the thing. Yeah. It is really cool. It's really, really cool.
0: Oh man. Oh, okay. I wanted to say this. This is from like 10 minutes ago, but you know, the saying is usually the elephant in the room. And you said yep. elephants in the room, plural. And then yep. I couldn't help but my mind just went to like a person sitting in the room with multiple elephants. <laughs> Can you imagine? I know it's like so random, but it would be so weird. Just multiple <laughs> this elephants.
1: This is something I've always appreciated about you, and it's your brain. I love that <laughs> in conversation. You get, like the way your brain just goes to places. I've always just thoroughly entertained by you dude
0: yes usually people would hide an insult in a statement like that but you did not it was actually a compliment, <laughs> no compliment. and i know you no were
1: insults it's
0: like oh are you being nice to me right now yeah. or am i too ignorant to realize you're being mean like where are we
1: at <laughs> nice. have we ever like have we ever had guff or anything have you and i ever like not gotten along
0: there's very few people that i'm aware with aware of myself not getting along with if that makes sense. I'm sure there's people who okay. do not like me and people I do not get along with, but I do not know about it, if that makes sense. I am unaware that's and right. oblivious. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> well, just the who they are. We're right. friends.
1: Yeah, cool. <laughs> that's just how they are. It's not me. But I feel like you and I have always gotten along, dude. You're good, yeah, dude. Yeah,
0: I agree. It'd be weird. Do you get in fights with people? I don't know. It's like weird to me. Have you been in? I don't know. Uh,
1: no, no. Physically, but just like. It's been a long time. It's been a really, really long time. Because you're healthy. I think for the most yeah I think for the most part, I get along with people. I mean, I can honestly say there's probably some people within this industry that probably don't like me
0: yeah is that weird it's it, how do you like how do you like deal with that all right i I will admit when I first started the agency with Thomas, my partner, we definitely have some people that I would never work with again, and it made me like I operate on such a value based decision making where like every decision I make goes back to my values there's no like it's just business excuse for me. They, like they are one and the same. Like I cannot do bad things in business because that would be me doing a bad thing. Not everybody operates
1: like that. How do you deal no, with that? I don't. It's a really good question that I don't. I don't know. But you're dealing with it. You've dealt with it. So you have to. You have to have a. Way. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I, I don't know. If people if people don't like me, then. It is what it is. God, I wish I could just like it's just okay, I guess, names. is the
0: best way to the best yeah, way to think of it. It's fine. Is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna be like fan of everybody and people have different ways of doing things that maybe you have opposing views on, and like that's it, you know? I don't know. If everybody likes you, then
0: are you really being yourself? You know what I mean? Like, cause I mean, by definition, it'd be re- I think it'd be like not inappropriate. It's just impossible to have everybody like you because the reality is some people don't like anybody, and that includes no. you. No. Yeah, and I think that
1: <laughs> pe- I think that if people really go out of their way to be liked, that is even more problematic. And I know a lot yeah. of people like that. Yeah, what's not look a lot, like? but I I know some people that just do everything they can to be liked by everyone. It makes them fake.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're not okay. Wait, I have a story. Can I tell a story about this? Absolutely. All right. Um, I practice things on like a very. Personal level, sometimes on like a, it's like for and then sometimes comes with awkward situations. But um, I did notice myself being, I would call it like malleable, right? Depending on who I was hanging out with, I found myself adjusting my views just like ten percent, just to like not have confrontation with people. And I recently yeah. visited my friends in Wisconsin, and I was at my friend's parents' place, and you know. I know that they're pretty passionate about politics and voting and I know their views not because we've talked about them but because I know where they stand and I can like kind of fill in the blanks. And me myself yeah. and I know people will disagree with this and that is okay. I'm okay with being com- com- comfortable about it. I was, but what happened was you know they were talking about voting and they were like, "Adam, you vote, right?" And I was like, "Absolutely not." And they were like, "What? You have to vote. Like that's your thing." And I was like, "I do not do it." And usually I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I vote" because I didn't want to deal with the confrontation. But I was like, no, say you don't vote, make these people like mad, but not mad in a way where they hate you, mad in a way where they'll explain to you why you should vote. And maybe you will vote next time because you've told somebody honestly why you don't vote. And I, you know, if somebody was like, this is why you should do it. And it made sense to me. I'm like, oh, that might be enough to change my mind. And I'm not saying voting is the only thing I disagree with people on. There's a lot of things, but I just try to like be honest with what I do so that I can get honest opinions from hopefully people who can do it in a way where like, we don't not become friends or something afterwards. That was a long, that was a long description.
1: No, but I think that's a really good quality trait that you possess is being open to dialogues that maybe for some would be, it would feel almost like defensive and like, well, don't come at me like that or would cause like some sort of confrontation. Whereas I feel like you're, you're a person who can have a conversation and not like, be swayed on like how you feel or where your beliefs Mm -hmm. are, but at least for you to be able to like understand the other side of things that are reasonable to, to understand. I think there's some topics where I'm sure that if someone brought up to you, you'd be like, I, I'm not going to talk to you about this because what you're talking about is so, is so asinine or left field that there's no rhyme or reason. But I think even with like what you're talking about with voting, I think that's a conversation that you can have and walk away from it, you know, learning having some, maybe something. learn something. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a positive thing. But so you don't vote. I have
0: voted. Okay. And to be honest, I had like a, the reason I don't vote, I have multiple, but it's like a super immature. I will say that. But uh, when I was 18, I was in, um, what do they call it? Like a, like a, ment- a place where people go where they're not mentally okay. Like a hospital, uh-huh. but a little bit more than that. And- gotcha. It was a lot of people who were not like with it at all. Like we're like, it's like, it was kind of like the movies, you know, like those places where people go and like somebody freaks out and they like inject them with things to really, that was where I was. It was crazy. Really
1: interesting. Wow. And, and
0: okay. um, I was the only, one of the only people there who like could have a conversation. Like there was like, there was some wild people, but it was 2000. It was the year I think Obama was up for election and I was really excited to vote. And it's against the law, but they did not allow anybody to vote in there because the people who run the place, it was like, it's just one of those places, you know, it's like the DMV. It's just not run well, right? You have the way it should be and they have the way it is. And the way it is, is you know, it's just not run well. And that made me so mad. And I was so pissed and it just sat with me for so long. And I don't know why. Because it's your right. And I felt so wrong because I was just turned 18. It was my first time I was able to vote and I was pumped. and I don't know why. And that's, like I said, it's kind of immature and I need to get over it. But that was one of the main things where I was like, I'm never voting. They they mess, I don't know. Interesting.
1: Do you think that you will vote coming up in the midterms?
0: I probably will. My girlfriend really wants me to vote. And half of me always jokes with her. I'm just like, tell me who you're voting for. I'm going to vote for the exact opposite. And then we'll just both (laughs) agree to not show up. And (laughs) it'll be like, but I know that's just another immature look. But yeah, I probably will.
1: Cool. Well, if you ever need some guidance or help with doing all that i'm here to help because i help register a lot of voters okay cool um in the last election so if you need help with any of that or some guidance in doing that i'm down I'm man here, Actually, i'm here to help
0: as you're saying this i did vote last i did vote like whatever okay, months good. ago cuz i dropped a ballot at a temple around the corner and it was so easy we did it at home and then I just there drove it there and dropped it off it's super easy
1: I it's important to vote it's important to vote But I do. See, look, we just,
0: we, we not disagree, but we touch to different things. And like after this, you're not going to be like, Adam, we can't be friends.
1: No, of course not. Of course not. We can still, I don't think even saying agree to disagree, but like we can still have like our views on things. But I'm here to help if you do want to do something like that. And if not, like I can't, I can't force you to vote.
0: All right, I'm going to vote with Nick. We're doing it. There it is. I like that. This is a really, this podcast went absolutely nowhere I was expecting it to. (laughs) Which is fine. It kind of did. Like we hit some checkpoints, but like I hope you enjoyed this. And we just really hung out, which was fine. But are you all? Was this cool? Was this okay with you?
1: Yeah, was it was fine? totally cool. Yeah, it, I, <laughs> I, I, I think like going into these things, I think like you said, you just had bullet points. I think if we would have just gone with the stock answers of like, so why did you start a band, and like yeah, yeah. what, what's your favorite bands, and like what we'll got you into playing music, like I, I do love what's talking your about those things. Rat? Yeah, yeah, but. I also have like a level of of trust and respect with you to just like just talk about about like some deep shit, some real shit. That's important for me. Like that's like that's something that I value. So yes, I love this. I was excited about that. You're good at this. You're really good at this.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I, I, you know, last week I had Joshua on, who was really cool, but my relationship with him was much different. Right, like I just met him. So I couldn't go deep because I didn't want to like and I was like what's I was trying to think like what's unique about my guest this week. Oh Nick, I've known him for longer than I've probably thought like more than half my life, which is cool. Yeah. So thanks for going wow. with me on Thank that you. trip. Of course, and, dude. Thanks uh, for having
1: me, man. I appreciate
0: it. It's not been more than half my life, but it's been pretty close. Shower shoes or no shower <laughs> shoes? Cuz we do ask everybody that. What's your vibe on tour?
1: Um uh, you know what? I don't do shower shoes and it's Let's pretty go, as, boys. It, it's pretty gross to say that though, because venue bathrooms, <laughs> typically not great. So I would definitely recommend to upcoming artists, bring some shower shoes, but I'm a, I'm a total rebel and I don't do it.
0: So to sum up the podcast, screaming hurts your voice. If you haven't done it in a while, yeah. yes, vote, no shower yeah. shoes.
1: There it is. That's it. We that should it. be in the podcast. That's it. We can skip well, everything. Can else title and listen, yeah, yeah. Connor, just
0: cut. It's it's a three minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny. Can you imagine we how weird it would be if I put out a podcast episode after having an hour long conversation with somebody like this, and it was three minutes, and they were like, "What the fuck?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> like we're cutting out all the meat. We're yeah. just giving you the bullet points. But the, it, it, um, it,
0: that, dude, that it's like it's like one of those like uh, like clickbait <laughs> like BuzzFeed articles where it's like, you know, I just put it together. It's yeah. Like, i don't even know what it's (laughs) nick nick martin says you should not vote because we cut like the shower (laughs) shoes with the voting or something he's so terrible there's people like that nick they exist that's that's fucked i know it is fucked all right well thank you for coming on here i look forward to seeing you in real life Uh, i haven't yet yet to see your wife in la and i have yet to meet your parent so these things need to happen we live very close, embarrassingly close together. And, yes, let's uh, hang
1: soon. My uh, wife is currently in Korea. What? But we'll hang when she gets back.
0: Why, for work?
1: She went, on, she went on a three week trip on her own and just, she's just doing the damn thing in Korea and working remotely at the same time. I like your wife, that's cool. Yeah, you good should job. have her on your podcast, dude. yeah.
0: All right, sounds good to me.
1: She worked in the industry for a long time, you can talk for her. Yeah, that's true. All
0: right, <laughs> thanks Nick, I'll catch you around. All right. So I finished the book proposal. I think I said that already. I've started sending it out and now is the difficult process of like, I'll send it to some friends and this isn't me passively calling you guys out. I appreciate it. And they'll send me back corrections. And I was like, I thought I was done, but I'm really not. I, I, now I'm realizing that like I finished the book proposal, but that really just means I have my first final draft. So I'm going to send it out, but it's going to be like, it's going to be like an organism. Like it's going to continuously grow and get better. and. Shout out to, you know, my friends who have written me lengthy responses on how I can make it better. And it's hard, man, because I don't know if it's because I like skipped college education and I never really did any of my education, but like writing a paper is difficult. And then going back and reading notes and then applying them is very hard for me. So I've got a lot of work ahead of me, not to mention a lot of no's. I have already gotten a few not yeses. We'll put it that way. So people who still want to be friends, but can't help me out, which I get it. So it's going to be a long journey to get a book published, but I think I'm ready for it. Or you'll, I will talk in a few weeks and I'll be like, I'm defeated. No, I don't really get defeated. I, I don't know about you guys, but I go into the project being like, this is just going to happen. And I just have to like, think that way. Otherwise I just don't full commit, you know, and it's kind of the same with the podcast. I was like, all right, this is just going to happen. And it's a struggle. It's sleepless nights. It's, you know, wanting to give up vibes. And I'm sure you guys can relate. just trying to get into the industry or working in the industry. There's definitely times where you feel like, all right, is this really working? Or am I just slowly failing? Kind of like my plants, you know, I'm like, are they really living or are they slowly dying at a rate I don't notice and I'm doing a terrible job? So I think it's working. I think we'll be, I will we'll get it published. I, I want it. I can't wait for every person who's a patron or a listener for a long time, past patron, like to have a copy of it in their hands. Be on the road and be like, all right, this is helping me, but I'm going to meet this person one day. I'm going to pass it on to them. And I hope that's what the book can be eventually. All right, I just wanted to up you guys. All right, I just wanted to update you guys with that. Thanks as always for listening every week. And uh, I'll see you next week.